and welcome to Baloney No Mayo. This is your host, Ron Howard, and I am here with my wonderful co-hosts. I'm here with Ladybug, and I'm here with Alicia, and today we are talking about some facts that may not be as true as you think. What are we talking about today, Alicia? Okay, so um, I've got a couple history facts and a couple science facts, and um, I'm just going to jump in and get started. What do you think of when you hear Napoleon Bonaparte? Uh, shortness. Shortness. Ice cream. <laughs> That's a totally different word. <laughs> okay, so yeah, shortness. So I think of like the Napoleon complex, right? Short people are right. easily angered and overconfident. Yes. Okay, so it turns out Napoleon was not actually short. Okay, Wait, well, really? what? This is weird. Okay, so so tell me how. So he was, was somewhere Napoleon? between five four and five six, which was completely an average height for Frenchmen at his oh, no. time. He's in his time short. period, he's a short king. He's still short. Well, he was never a king. Uh, oh my god! That's <laughs> <laughs> so, not what I meant. When people are short, okay. In my generation, when a guy is short, you oh. call him a short king. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Okay, well, for his time period, that was not short. That's pretty much what all the men were, size-wise. Okay. okay. Okay, so um, so why do we think he's short? Well, there was a political cartoonist at the time named J- James Gilray, and he made a career out of portraying Napoleon as a thundering, boastful caricature and in one particular comic he showed him as a short almost like toddler throwing a fit and it was really popular so it stuck and so now we just always think as napoleon as being short and angry and boastful but he actually wasn't those things oh wow so so, okay so like the one where he's sitting there with his hand inside his uh, jacket you know the, like we see that one uh, but i've never really paid attention to like the height as far as all that's concerned so so j- just a, just an average joe just yep. an average guy yep just uh, an average guy uh, well and he in fact um i don't know the quote exactly but in towards the end of his life referring to this particular cartoonist napoleon was like he's pretty much the one who undid me Wow. Um, wow. That's tough. I actually learned about that guy in school recently because we were learning about Prince and his name came up. He was a really popular political artist. He yeah. Basically, he basically like invented. Yeah. I was going to say, I bet he did because I didn't even realize they had political cartoons that far back. Yeah. So. Right. Oh, wow. Crazy. All right. Huh. So moving on, let them eat cake. Famous quote of Marie Antoinette. Big Newtons. <laughs> Neither of you are right. <laughs> so it turns out the actual quote um, was in an autobiography of one Swiss-born French philosopher, okay, Jean-Jacques Rousse. I've heard of him. Um, in his autobiography entitled "The Confessions," he quoted um, that. Well, he wrote that quote and attributed it to an unnamed princess. Marie Antoinette was only 11 at the time. So my question is, if she didn't say that, why did they chop off her head? Because she was still part of the French Revolution, right? 
Yes, that wasn't supposed to be serious. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That was just a joke. But no, seriously, think about that. I mean, it just, this one kind of blew my mind a little bit because how often have you heard let them eat cake? I mean, it's, there's so many even pop references to that now. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've I've heard that, uh, I would say, on, on on episodes of television shows in movies, I'm lots like, of movies, yeah, all over the place. Yeah. But it wasn't Marie Antoinette. Oh wow, crazy! I didn't know that. That is insane. Okay, so next, Ron, I need you to picture the Iron Maiden. The Iron Maiden? Yes. Oh, I can picture it. I, I see Bruce Dickinson. Not the band. Uh, come on. <laughs> The vicious-looking iron sarcophagus filled with deadly spikes used for torturing poor medieval peasants. Okay, I've got it envisioned. Okay. Turns out there's no written account of this particular torture device being used, and the ones that you find on display are pictures of them being on display now or fashioned together from other actual torture torture devices to be put on display for pay in cities and traveling circus shows hundreds of years later. So it's just a prop. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Cause that, I mean, that literally was like a childhood fear of mine. Like, I mean, like literally looking at this thing in a Ripley's believe it or not book or something like that. And you would see this and it's like, this is terrifying, like 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 a nightmare inducing thing. Honestly, I have to agree with you on that one. That was that that's the thing that like would scare me as a kid, like looking at it. So right, like it, there are like references to devices like that from ancient times, but there is absolutely no references to it in medieval, in medieval times. times. That's crazy. Uh, it's pretty crazy. That is wild. So this is just this is just <laughs> another account of the. The monkey that they sewed a fish, the fish butt to right. <laughs> the tail and called it a mermaid. Well, well, I would say it's a little more. I mean, it is a, it is something that you know they display to show. Like, I mean, it it does what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to create this surreal horror that you know we just. I mean, just looking at that thing just kind of makes you gasp. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah, huh. so it's a strange world when the sign of the times is that the Iron Maiden is hocus pocus. That is true. Oh, the evil that man men do. See, I understand. I love the references. references, but I, I don't love understand them. the references. <laughs> They're all Iron Maiden songs. <laughs> I know. Like, I understand the references, but I don't understand. Them. We'll listen to Iron Maiden, baby. I just had to throw that in for your for your dad, since that's his favorite man. He's been listening the to time. it a lot recently. Yeah. Okay. Because they're really good. So, um, really good. we always rip on Columbus these days, right? Yes. So we're going to yes. rip on him a little bit more. Okay. But not really. Okay. It turns out Columbus not only didn't discover America... Or, you know, the shortcut to China that he set out to find in the first place. Yes, yes. But he didn't discover that the earth was round either. Okay. I feel like I knew this. It's because I'm a flat earther. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. Okay, so since 500 AD, all learned peoples knew that the earth was round. 
Really? I feel like oh. I knew this. So what were the sailors so afraid of if it's if it wasn't falling off of the earth? Oh, it, that's true. Because, you know, they, they talked about, like, you know, you've got a, a, a tree standing here. And right down you, down the road, you got a tree standing here. You know, it's a ways away, but you, you, you travel and you look, and the tree that here is, is down south has a larger shadow than the tree that's up north. And so because of that, they were able to the see that, that there was, was a curvature yeah. to the yeah. earth. Yeah. So, so yeah. wow. Huh. I, which is crazy to me because I can actually remember even teaching this just a few years ago to the kids in a lesson about, you know, how America was discovered. Yeah. And it was talking about how, like, you know, maps were flat. So sailors right. were afraid that. Oh, so it's just because of the map. No, they weren't. No, no, okay. no, no, no. no. Just... This, is just, this is all completely just made up nonsense oh. that we pass on as truth. Huh. The, um, the sailors were actually afraid of how vast the ocean was. So they were scared that it was just too big to cross and survive on the amount of supplies that you could load onto a ship. They were afraid of the Kraken. They were actually also afraid of mythical sea creatures. <laughs> <laughs> but they were not afraid of falling off the earth. <laughs> Got it. Right. And, I mean, yep, that's, that's crazy. That is crazy. Okay, so we're getting a little closer. Uh, next up, why did the Titanic sink? Well, I mean... That was because of the whole iceberg and the fact that they didn't have the binoculars and all of that whatnot. And, and I forget the name of the, the guy who was wasn't driving the big thing. big enough for two people, man. <laughs> it was totally big enough. It was so big enough. <laughs> okay, so. Jack is with the Little Mermaid now. It's okay. <laughs> no, so it actually didn't sink because it hit the iceberg. Um, well, not completely. Right. The ship really was built to be unseek- unsinkable, so to speak. And if it had just hit the iceberg, it wouldn't have sank. Oh. Uh-oh. However, there had been a fire burning in the ship's hull <gasps> for I've up to three weeks before anyone even noticed it. So some, some Wait, say no. five days, some say three weeks. Mm. So up to three weeks before even anyone noticed it was burning. Oh, my god! And gosh. it was a coal fire. And because of the nature of how coal, coal burns, if you think about Centralia, Pennsylvania, Silent Hill. Yes. It's been burning since 1962. That smoldering burn. So yes. once it got going, by the time they found it, there was nothing they could do to put it out, no matter how hard they tried. That's oh. terrifying. Yeah. So um, the area of the hole that was damaged due to the ever-burning flames was the exact spot. That struck the iceberg. Oh, that's crazy. So it was like basically just like pure coincidence. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those sheer, things. Sheer bad luck. <laughs> well, you know, the whole story behind the Titanic is just bad luck after bad luck after bad luck. Because, yeah. you know, the, there was a sister ship called the Olympia. And the Olympia was actually the one that was dubbed the unsinkable one. The Titanic wasn't dubbed the unsinkable ship until after it was sank. <laughs> but the uh, another interesting fact about coal is working in power plants. I've seen these big, huge, giant coal piles. Well, rain can actually set coal on fire. That's crazy. What? 
Yes, because coal is very flammable. And, and rain, because rain falling into the coal pile actually causes friction from the rain friction drops from the raindrops sets fire. the coal on fire and can actually cause a smoldering burn. Wow, that's that is crazy. extremely flammable. So that's a that's a little known fact. All right, okay. yeah, I love it. The, let's sink the uh, Titanic with some. Uh, just hit the hole right where the coal was. Okay, so it was a it was an iceberg goal. <laughs> yeah, and the rest is history. <laughs> and a movie. And a movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um this one's for you, Ladybug, having been homeschooled for a little bit. Yes. You I'm gonna you might not have heard this, but I know I've heard this a lot in homeschool circles about Einstein. He what do we think about him? Do you know? That he was a genius? Well, yeah, of course he was a genius. But a lot of people talk about him having flunked out of school. Mm-hmm. Oh, I never And that, that his mom had to teach him, you know, because mm-hmm. he just wasn't smart the way we're smart. Right. Like regular people are you smart. You know, I wonder if I never heard of that because they specifically never said anything like that in school on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that's not true, though. Oh, okay. I mean, this well. is... <laughs> Seriously perpetuated in homeschool um, circles, but I've heard it before ever homeschooling. I remember learning this when I was a kid. Yeah. So he never flunked out of school or even failed a class. He did get kicked out of one school for his bad behavior. That's tough. Yes. But he always had great grades, especially in science and math, though. Right. Well, it, it actually is a little bit of a misnomer that he was really good at math he actually was good at science but not in the way that we think of a person is good in science because he was a very visual thinker and so for him to come up with the ideas that he actually came up with they were in his mind he saw everything and envisioned everything visually and actually had to kind of have a little bit of help with the math he was still good with math don't get me wrong it says he got good grades in it yeah definitely but for his thinking and his type of thinking. So it is kind of a weird w- thing to say that he was smart in a way that we don't think. Well, that's why, I, I mean, I wonder if that's what perpetuated this myth. The fact that if he was a visual thinker, and we know now that kids that are really smart, mm-hmm. but um, number one, kids that are super smart are bored and act out in school. And number two, kids that are um, different types of learners. Like since he was a visual learner, can can kinesthetic kinesthetic learning yes like something different than what is going on in the classroom tend to not understand and therefore act out so maybe that's what perpetuated that that could be that and the fact that i learned it on facebook memes oh so you know it's got to be true you know wait didn't you read the meme didn't you read the post from abraham lincoln just because it's on the internet doesn't mean you should believe it. Oh, that's right. He's a very good thinker in our day and age. <laughs> now, Abraham Lincoln is one that I've always been like, oh, yeah, he's actually was a homeschooler. So that one's always, that's one that I've always known and been like, because growing up, when you told random kids that you were homeschooled, they'd be like, that's weird. And my excuse was always, well, Abraham Lincoln was one of our greatest presidents and he was a homeschooler. <laughs> very true. There's probably plenty of historical myths about him as well. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay, so I'm done with history. I'm going to move into science. Science. All right, I'll take science for 500. 
Okay. Blind as a bat. Blind as a bat. Yes. False. I have heard Bats this. Bats aren't blind. I know you this. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's You're right. ruining okay. the bit. But to be fair, I didn't learn I didn't learn that bats weren't blind till like two, three months ago. Okay. Well, I just actually learned it, which I feel kind of stupid about. Today years about old. A, think about a fruit bat. Why would a fruit bat need echolocation to, to find, find fruit? fruit? See? It would need <laughs> to be able to see right. and see colors. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so um, we don't believe, or some people don't believe that bats are blind because they... Um, we're taught that, but rather it's due to that saying, blind as a bat. That's because right. once upon a time, people thought bats were blind because of the way that they seem to be flying so random and erratically when they're diving. And that is true if you watch bats yeah. at night. Yeah. Do. Okay, so. Definitely. Um, truth is, bats can see extremely well in the dark. And some of them can see extreme, some species see ex- extremely well. Um, during the day, but they rely both on their eyesight and echolocation to hunt. Right. So they're oh. like really fantastic at seeing because they see with their eyes and their ears. And we welcome the bats to come and eat the mosquitoes here in the deep south. And the giant spiders I found in our front yard. <laughs> oh, they're not going to kill those. Those, 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 those Joros, will kill the bats. <laughs> they actually will eat small hummingbirds. Please don't mm-hmm. say that. That's the Joros, yes. Don't, they're don't they're terrible. I feel like that's a myth. This I, isn't maybe, but those are some strong webs. They are really crazy strong. One. They're like yeah. fishing line. Yeah. At so. Six in the morning leaving for work. That was terrifying. <laughs> He's as big as a bird. And blind as a bat. Shut up. <laughs> All right. So kids all hyped on sugar. All hyped up on sugar. Isn't a thing for the kids, at least. Okay. Studies, many, many studies, all the studies have shown that sugar has zero effect on kids' behavior. Okay. But studies have shown that believing that their kids have had a lot of sugar affects how parents see their kids' behavior. I believe it. Okay, so we're saying, hold on, hold on. so, So this... So this is a paradigm, basically. So we're looking at something through a different lens. So like if you were to, if you were told, if you were like, oh, little Johnny just ate all this sugar, you know, and, 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 and now he's just acting all, he's just acting up like little Johnny's just acting How the same way he would. normally would be acting. But because you know that there's sugar involved, exactly. you're thinking... That you've got this paradigm shift now that that this is his behavior. That's right, because and, of the sugar. Oh. So, so if you combine that with the fact that um, most times when kids eat a lot of sugar are like Christmas, Halloween, parties. Times when they would already, already be, be excited. Super excited. At the fair. Wow. So they're already super excited Easter. and hyped up. So if you combine those two things together, you have the perfect storm for one big confirmation bias that is actually worldwide. That's crazy. I would have never, like, it makes sense now that you're saying it, but like, I never would have guessed. This one really did blow my mind, probably more than all the rest. Right. I mean, honestly, that's just 100%. 
I mean, that's like the you, you have to wait 30 minutes after you eat rule for swimming, which we do know isn't true. But Right. I never believe you know, 100%. That. Don't feed the kids. They can't eat that much candy. So it's like false they won't causality. Be able to go to bed. So it's like false causality. So basically, you're just like, we're, we're thinking that this is happening. They're acting like this. It must be the sugar. And there's so much confirmation wow. bias about this that people will get ugly. If you tell them otherwise. Yes. Even though every scientific study done on this has proven that sugar has zero effect on the kids. Okay. So here's the, here's what I'm going to say. The change my mind guy, you now have a new bit. Okay. That, that one's for free. No, cause Just, that, that makes sense. Cause like, cause like, um, our cousins, they don't eat sugar and I nanny for them. Right. And, they're crazier than our kids. So. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but they are definitely crazy hyper. Oh, which no, I would go that far. I would go which that if far. all kids are crazy hyper, <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is just the fact that kids are just like, generally she, hyper. She goes to like great lengths, my aunt does, to make sure that they do not eat any sugar. And they they abide those rules. Like They've never known anything but no sugar. Okay. So they don't even like sugar when they eat it. Is weird. Yeah, well, that's that's probably a good thing health wise. So sugar is. I don't know. A I don't poison. trust people who don't like sugar. Yeah, I know. Mm. Weird. I'm just kidding. Yeah, and vegans. <laughs> sugar and meat. meat? And coffee. Bacon. Sugar, meat, coffee, bacon. and bacon. Yes. Yeah. Okay. What other <laughs> thing? <laughs> now that's a whole new show. Let's Chocolate. move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So speaking of all things sweet, where on the tongue do you taste sweet? Okay, oh, I hold on, hold on, hold on. Now I have heard, I have heard that like, like at the tip of your tongue you eat sweet. Umami is like on the sides, Isn't and like bitter like is in the back. Towards the back. Yeah, that's what they said. Right. So what you're discussing is the tongue map. Right. right. And so that is true. The tip of your tongue is where you taste sweet, but on the tongue map, but on your actual tongue, that's all not- over. That makes it, you know, I knew this, not because I learned this, but because I used to think about this a lot as a kid, and I would, like, purposely put candy, like, I would just rub it all over different parts of my tongue to be like, I can still taste it here, that must not be true. Okay, so actually when I was researching that, that was what people would say, is this is a common, even today, science experiment that kids will do in elementary school, Right. and they were, like, people, some of the authors were like, yeah, so that explains why I couldn't get that experiment to work. Because the tongue map is not a real thing right. at all. The idea that your tongue tastes different things in different areas was started in 1901 by a German scientist. And it was later expounded upon by a psychologist who calculated the so-called quote-unquote real numbers of taste sensitivity by area of your tongue. It was completely proven wrong in 1974. It is totally like 100% junk science but the experiment has gone strong it's still in science textbooks today wow like they still teach it this is false the tongue map it is just like strong i'm being lied to it my kids are being lied to (laughs) all right so now we're going to talk about our our five senses okay you know what they are right yes sight Right. Taste, Sight, taste, touch, smell, touch, hear. smell, hearing. Okay. Yeah. I think we got um, them all. 
Yeah, well, there's actually up to 21 senses. Echolocation. Good Lord. <laughs> That's not one. We're not bats. <laughs> so some of them are obvious, like thirst. Okay. That's a sense. Hunger. Okay. I didn't. I never, never really thought of it as a. Those. Pressure. Yeah. Squeeze. Right. Your arm. That's, I thought that would sense. just be kind of like well, a, it comes like a subject, but that's actually pressure because you don't just feel pressure from like someone squeezing on you. You feel pressure from. I mean, you, you know, that's still touch your clothes, but you can feel pressure from the atmosphere. Yeah. Oh, gravity. Yeah. Like well, like when you're driving down the road, G forces. You know, flying through through a, a tunnel. You know, going down the hill of a roller coaster or yeah, something like so that. You can sense, actually feel those the things. fact that your body can feel that. Itch. Itch. Itch is a sense. Itch is a sense. Pain is a sense. So those are like the obvious ones. I have right? never had a sense that I thought I would hate so much. As itch. As Correct. itch. I would rather be in pain than itch. I don't know. Oh, especially it's, if it's right in the middle of your oh, back and oh, you're all alone. Yes. No, find me a good corner and I look like a bear. <laughs> I've done that at work. <laughs> Okay, My so manager had me scratch her back today because she just couldn't reach it. There you go. Okay, so um, now I'm going to tell you about a few that aren't so obvious. Okay. Proprioception. Proprioception. That's the ability to tell where your body parts are. Okay. So that yeah. comes into play with the whole close your eyes and touch your nose. Yeah, so so, so, so so being self-aware of your, your body parts. Body parts, yeah. wow. Yeah. That's a sense. Um, and then equilibrioception. That's just balance. Balance. Yeah, that's your sense of balance. Sense. Okay, that's your sense, sense of, of balance. Well, they call it a sense. So, you know, both of those, obviously, are tested by the cops when you get pulled over. <laughs> they think right. you're intoxicated. <laughs> um, and then the last one that I was going to talk about was your chemoreceptors so these are special nerve cells that sense changes in the chemical composition of your blood due oh. to hormones or drugs and let your brain in on that knowledge huh that is crazy That's a sense. so the very fact that so when i drink too much coffee my brain is stimulated that's that's the that's the sense that tells my brain hey there's a lot of caffeine in your system i guess i mean caffeine is a drug so yeah yeah, yeah absolutely so uh, yeah that's interesting, I thought. And also, it's what comes into play, like, say, right before you vomit. Oh. oh. Wow. Huh. As a chemoreceptor, you know, the whole reaction you have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, your whole mouth. There's, it's spills. like this whole process where, like, there's a hormone that shot out and everything into your blood. But that's yeah. Crazy. Yeah, because you never really think about that. Like, you know, basically. I mean, unless it's, like, one of those out of left field things. You know. You're you know vomit. you're about to Sometimes vomit. it might be, like, literally a second before, before you vomit. But you know. You know it's happening. <laughs> Like, yeah, oh, no, this is for real. I worked yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I got two more left here. So I ask you guys a question. What color is blood? Red. But what color is blood in your body? Blue. Blue. Why the difference? Because the oxygen. Oxygenation. Oxygenation. That's what I learned. Nope. Oh, oh. wait a minute. Maybe Hold on. Wrong. Your blood is red inside and outside of your body. You're kidding. Everyone's is. Well, but we have I the blue veins. 
Okay. So it looks blue or green because blue and green have shorter wavelengths than red, meaning that the red light waves are absorbed by our bodies and the blue and green are scattered back to our eyes. Has nothing to do with the oxygenation. That is crazy. In fact, the less oxygenated your blood is, the darker red it is. I am looking at my... Things now. But that I've been taught that. I taught the kids that. I right. heard that so many times. My whole that life. Once, like, once blood touches air, it okay. turns red. Now, admittedly, I have wondered about that. Because I've wondered, like, well, that shouldn't, at some point, like, if you were to bleed out in space or something, would it still be blue? Like, I've wondered that before. Well, one would think that, yeah, it, it yeah. Well, I guess, here's one. Okay, I'm okay my, so like my when mind they is take your blown. blood, they take it into a vacuum. Right. Right. The little tube. Uh-huh. And it's so still red. It's still red. But yeah, I always figured sense. that's because they took it from like the the oxygenated side or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Isn't it funny how we just believe this stuff and it makes sense. But then once you find the truth, you know, you right. know the truth. Right. It's like, ah. Oh, that that's more just sense. Makes perfect sense. Sense but... now. So, so, so let me get this straight so you're saying that the body absorbs the wavelength of the light right and so our eyes our perception of the blood is that our veins are the vision blue. is insane and light waves are insane too right yes absolutely that absolutely. i mean that that sort of stuff trips me out all the time when i read about like why you know or think about like why this is black or this is white you know or this yes. is pink it all has to do with with light the or photoreceptors yeah and the size of the the length of the the wavelength the, of the wavelength of the yeah the length of spectrum. the wave of color yes light that is bouncing back at you it's so, all yeah. about everything is about frequencies so, yeah, that's, that's so crazy nuts. so nuts okay so to end this Humans only use 10 percent of their brains, right? Leaving yeah. an untapped ninety percent that is, of course, capable of psychic abilities. Exactly. If yes. we just learn how to focus and tap into that dormant part. I've been okay. So you might not le- believe in the psychic abilities, but right. it's just common knowledge. We only use ten percent of our brain, and so maybe that's an evolutionary super thing. Brains. If we could just do that, you know, that, that explains why some people are so super smart or better at things. I've never heard of this. Really? Really. Okay. That's yeah. a common thing that, yeah. that has been said all throughout my life is that you wow. only no, use 10. I, I've never heard of this. Yeah. Even in like you only my use biology 10%. class, my okay. physics class. Well, we that's were very good. like that's good. These, all the different parts of your brain have different jobs and these are those jobs. Okay. So, well, good for you. We, however, have been taught our entire life that we are only using 10% of our brains, which might explain why you're obviously so superior to us and your brain knowledge (laughs) (laughs) okay so while no superhuman strength or telekinesis is going to be happening in humans anytime soon not without a toxic radiation spill at least the truth is that you ultimately use every single region of your brain on a daily basis every single region Every single region, every single part of your brain. Wow. Over today, we have MRIs now. They they see that like they MRI someone over a twenty four hour period, every part of their brain is gonna light up. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean that's why like if if a tumor were to just show up in some random part of your brain, all of a sudden you won't be able to speak. 
or you just can't. You have no control over your right arm. Or, or oddly, like. be able to speak a totally different language. Yeah, or just speak a whole other language. Or, or or not be able to recognize your own family's faces. Yeah, there are like some weird, like, like we got to do a show on yeah, brain actually, things. Yeah. So um, there's a whole bunch of myths and misbeliefs around the human brain. When I was doing this, like I found a ton and right. things that like, I, you know, so I think think we should do an episode a brain episode yeah, that, okay brain Definitely. episode coming but, up but um there's no definitive reason why we believe in the 10 percent, other than there are a few famous people over time out there that have said that regular people don't use all of their brains ability and if you combine that with the fact that for a really long time it, they own i Science only understood about 10 of what the brain does maybe that's where that comes from but maybe i don't know Maybe that's, that's all the uh, um, absurdly untrue facts that I have wow. for you guys today. Fascinating. That's some fascinating stuff. I see that you wow. actually knew some of them, and we, you knew some of them, but yes. I didn't. These all were new for me. Uh, d- huh. These are all today. I found out. I was. This oh, really? Old. I thought you knew. No, no, no. I was just saying for you. It was like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. I was today, today, years, today old. years old. old when right. I found these things out. <laughs> That is crazy. Well, that is some crazy stuff from Napoleon to to bats to wavelengths of blood color and brain usage. brain usage. Wow, that's some good stuff. Well, thank you so much for uh, that little journey into the brain. And uh, this has been Bologna No Mayo. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. This is your host, Ron Howard, and I'm just saying... Goodbye. Thank you so much for being a part of our whole factual learning experience thing that we've had here. And uh, <laughs> it's been good. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, if you guys if you guys find out that you have listened to the show and you're like, man, I really want to tell more people about it, please spread the word. We are on most of the different uh, major podcast platforms, Spotify, Amazon, Apple, all that good stuff. By the time this episode is up, I will have pretty much an Instagram, a Twitter, all that good stuff. Yes, and for, for now, though, thank for listening to Bologna No Mayo. Music and production was by Ron Howard. Our digital artwork and social media manager, you just heard from Ladybug, Ellie Howard. And uh, please leave a listener mail at bologna.no.mayo at gmail.com. And you're going to have to check B-O-L-O-G-N-A is baloney, okay? And uh, just uh, if it's absurd, we want to hear about it. Thank you so much for listening.